to the uh, rent a pass and to the uh, station where they check your passports and so forth. Italian border. We are now there. The most difficult thing over here, I think, would be able to ascertain which country has the prettiest scenery. We are now in uh, Italy, and of course the Italian Alps are, are every bit as pretty as the ones in Austria and the ones in Germany. Uh, the scenery right now is uh, a little bit different because uh, the Audubon, uh, for most of the way, since we've been in it, it prompts, uh, probably about 10 minutes now, it's built on the side of a mountain. And if, as you circle and curve, you can see there's supports underneath this as if it were a bridge built on this uh, uh, mountain side of it. Uh, there are fences to the right to prevent rocks falling and avalanches and so forth. It's difficult to tell, unless you've been here quite often, what country you're really in because even the architectural structures are pretty much the same as in Germany and Austria. They cut the trees from the side of the mountains and of course centrifugal force, uh, well not centrifugal force, gravity pulls them on down I suppose and they roll it. And anyway, uh, the, when they hit to the bottom of the hill, the sawmill's right there so they eliminate uh, a lot of cost of hauling timber to be cut and so forth. Those people don't miss a thing over here. Is uh, in the area we are now is less populated. The train still runs on the right. This uh, mountain stream is so 25 or 35 feet wide. Green-looking water. Apparently, there's a lot of stones in the bottom of the creek because there's a lot of foliage, white caps on it, uh, uh, flowing quite rapidly, and. Uh, you you ride for several miles and uh, it's all uh, it's all uh, me and trying to talk to it's all uh, fairly uninhabited and then first thing you know you're around the curve and you see a little village with the church and everything in fact that's exactly what is happening now uh, there's a building on our left and I don't know exactly what it is looks like it may be some kind of some kind of lumber place. I don't see where they're sliding the things down. And about oh, an eighth of a mile away is the little village. They have their church, which is usually the tallest and the biggest uh, building in the area. And uh, this architect is more, well, it's different from what we have. Uh, I don't know what type it is because I'm not too versed on architecture. The lumber yard is all stacked out as ours is. Uh, drying except there's one difference. They all have a lot of stones on top of them and they do that because it gets quite windy here in the valley and the lumber will be blown all over the half acre here I suppose. And now it's called Alberelia we're passing by. Now we just hit a tunnel. This tunnel is apparently is longer than any we've been through because we've already come approximately eight, eighth of a mile. I don't see the other end of it. Of course it's, it's curved and uh, with the lights overhead, two lanes, and uh, there's no place actually for walking here at all, I don't believe. We're coming to the end of it now. I would say that was the longest one we've been through. It's been approximately a half mile. I think I mentioned since we've been in the mountains, we've had intermitting light rain, and now we uh, have come out of it, and we apparently are going down the mountainside. There's still 
beautiful mountains on either side of it. Still snow cape. Uh, that is some are in the distance. They're going down now because we're on a, an incline. It doesn't seem as steep as it really is, I think, because it's uh, quite some distance. But we're going down now uh, out of the mountains into another valley. Just made a comment. Uh, I also made the observation. He says things that begin to look as shabby. They're not as well repaired or as painted or in as good an order as they are in, in Germany. And I think that's fairly obvious. You see some old house. You see houses. You see some old buildings that are kind of dilapidated looking. And you just don't see that in Germany. Getting to notice some debris along the side of the Ottoman stuff that you don't find in Germany. Just passed our first junkyard of old automobiles, and uh, we made a comment that we didn't see one while we were in Germany. Jim says they're kept hidden out of the sight of people. Now there's a lot of vineyards on our right. Uh, people have them playing on the side of this mountain. Apparently they get the sun here, and it's obviously much warmer here than it is uh, on the other side of the mountains of the hill. Slow down, there's some construction on the road. And right to our right, we're again back on in this valley on the side of the mountain. And right directly across from us is a, a very, very old castle. And the castle's on the side of the mountain. And it comes right to a cliff. And I think it's, gee, it must be a 75 or 80% drop from the, that castle. On all sides that we have seen, we've seen three. We can't see the other one, but one. And they have vineyards planted there. They have grapes rather than vineyards. We just have gone through uh, the biggest town in Italy yet, Balzano. Uh, as I mentioned before, I was interrupted. Balzano is the biggest town yet that we have been in, Italian town that is. Uh, Sprawled out pretty good. It's in this valley. The two rivers, one valley joins another, two rivers come together and run through the town and uh, difficult to tell what industry there are a lot of trucks on my right uh, looks like there's some road construction going on up above me and uh, that's about it we wanted to make a mention of the color of the mountains now most of them have been the stone has been grayish looking and now uh, the area here is, is reddish looking and I would assume by the reddish uh, color that maybe there's uh, quite a bit of iron ore in there, I don't know. The mountains in this area are also much smaller than the other ones that we've seen. They don't rise near as high in the air. Uh, vegetation on my right, some type of tree planted. I don't know what it is, it could be a fruit tree, and I don't think anyone else in the car knows. It looks like a little old, it looks like a pear tree maybe. Going through a small area where there's peach trees planted, and uh, I think we all agree to that there are peach trees there. Today is the 31st of May, and we're on our second day of our trip to Italy. We spent last night in Venice prior to, what was the name of the place? Actually, it was a little place called Mestre. It was out from Venice. Uh, Hotel accommodations were adequate. Uh, I think they cost us $14 per night. Uh, 
this is the first uh, Italian hotel James says he's been in where you you didn't have to furnish your own linens and they had a private bath and of course the water closet broke in the night it ran all night long and I finally fixed it this morning and uh, it dawned on me since we had uh, adjacent rooms that uh, Mary said theirs ran and so the water closet is in the hall and obviously furnishes the, the same rooms because the baths are back to back anyway so much for that we headed back to Venice this morning. We were there last night. We had dinner in an Italian restaurant out in a sort of a, a courtyard with vines growing over the top. It had rather high walls and vines uh, growing over the top. Uh, they eat out there when it doesn't rain and apparently uh, this time of the year. Uh, we had the bottle of wine and we all had something different. Spaghetti, lasagna. Oh, on the menu, uh, it's uh, a law here that uh, they have two menus. They bring it to you. One's in English, but uh, by law, if you ask, they must furnish you a tourist menu. This way, uh, everything is uh, somewhat... The three courses and things are somewhat cheaper. Uh, then we walked into the various shops here, and the, there's no streets in the Venice here. There's all the canals. I say no streets. The main portion are canals with water taxis, uh, uh, pleasure... Uh, gondolas and things of that nature and of course the gondoliers uh, uh, soliciting uh, your business want to take you for a ride uh, out there. The, we were a little di bit disappointed we thought there'd be more lights around the canal area. Actually there's more lights in the shopping area and they have all uh, sorts of shops with all sorts of beautiful expensive gifts. In fact I think everything's too high. This is a tourist resort and these people know it and by gosh they take advantage of you. Uh, you don't have to be uh, get hit in the head, I don't think, with anything twice. I don't know whether we taught these people or they taught us, but everybody, I think, takes advantage of the tourists. This morning, uh, we're going to get a sightseeing. Uh, what's the name of it, Jim? Bafaretta. 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 Va, va, uh, this is a kind of a bus-like thing. We're going to St. Mark's Square, which is uh, where St. Mark's Church is located, and it's quite picturesque. Another amazing thing here, uh, the parking facilities, you come into the town by car and there's very few uh, uh, streets where uh, actually vehicles travel. So you get parking lots and uh, most of the ones that we went to were filled and then there's a public parking lot some distance away from the main heart of town that you have to go and walk back. And uh, of course having a baby so well Jim parked the car and I got out with uh, Mary and uh, Susan and uh, Miriam and we took off from there so we're on our way again the corner to the parking lot. St. Peter's is over there, huh, in that direction, huh? But if you walk across the square, huh, to there where those pine trees are, you can see St. Peter's, huh? So the USO is there. And in fact, next to us is that big building, say the stone building, you said, square building. That's the court of justice. Huh? And all the green in the background is the largest park of the city, the Borghese Park. So in this uh, tour, we will not go to the center, except uh, at the end of the tour. We'll be staying most of the time uh, outside the city wall. So we'll go first of all to St. Paul's, which is in that direction, then to the catacombs in that direction south, then we go to St. John's, way over there. And then from there, 
from St. John to get back to the USR, which is there, you know, from there to there, we have to cross out through the center. See? So only the center would be would be driving through the center. The tour that goes to the center is tomorrow's tour, see? But in the afternoon, you see? At this point, you always ask me about the seven hills of Rome. Well, this is not one. See, the seven hills, no, are in the center. And here we're not in the center. And I'm sorry to disappoint you, but the seven hills are so small that I cannot point them out. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault. There, there. Well, you can see one because the Italian flag is on top of it. Do you see it straight on? On the skyline? Don't you see a flag? Yeah, I see. Yeah. See? That's one. See, being the president's palace there on that hill, that's why you have the flag. Huh? And that's one of the famous seven hills, the Quirinal, huh? the Quirinal. Huh? Anyhow, this afternoon uh, we'll drive past uh, two or three of them, huh? and I'll point, them, I'll point them out when we get back. See? But only from a very short distance you can see them. Huh? And now please, your questions about the city in general. What would you like to know about the city in general? Uh, yes, that's Every country has an alma, its academy of fine arts. Here on this hill, you have the U.S. Academy of Fine Arts. It's a beautiful villa. You can have a glimpse through the trees from your right. See this red big building huh, on top.
And that's why you see many Egyptian monuments in Rome. There you have one in front. A Roman pyramid. There is a pyramid built by the Romans, but in the style of the Egyptians. And they were built at that time when Egypt was conquered. So the pyramid in front of you is about 2,000 years old. Remarkably well preserved. And behind the pyramid is a small cemetery where some famous people are buried, like the two English poets, Shelley and Keith. On your right now is the cemetery. Just behind the pyramid. Now you know what it's called, St. Paul, St. Paul's outside the city wall, huh? because we are outside the city wall, so far away from the center. And the reason why this church, was, this church was built far away from the center is a very simple one. That's the spot where St. Paul was buried. And the first church was built back at the time of the Roman Empire. But nothing is left, I mean, not much is left of the, of the old church. A fire in in the year 1823, destroyed the old church. So what you see now is a reconstruction, or better, I should say, a replica, because the church was rebuilt more or less as it was. Now you can tell from the style, it looks like a, an ancient church, huh, in classical style, but it is not old. Huh? You can tell that the columns are, well, ancient in style, but not... Uh, in time, huh? right? For example, the mosaic at the top was made at the beginning of the century. Huh? And also this statue representing St. Paul 
Remember, Santal is the one with the sword. Huh? You, you can see everywhere, see? A man with the sword, see? Also there, huh? That's always Santal, remember? See, but also this statue was made some uh, 60 years ago, huh? But nothing is old, huh? <coughs> also the door through which we're going in was rebuilt, huh? In the fire, the old door melted down. Huh? See, they, you often ask me, how could it burn? Well, everything has a weak point, huh? Now, in this case, the weak point was the wood roof, huh? That caught fire accidentally, and when it fell, it smashed everything, huh? Not, <coughs> not much was left standing after the fire. Huh? What was left standing had to be pulled down, huh? Now, something you don't know is that here we are not in Italy, see? The four main churches of Rome, remember, belong to the Vatican territory. Here it is as if we were in St. Peter, huh? Vatican territory. Huh? So, is there any question in general uh, before we go into the interior? Well, the name of the artist, of the architect, Poletti. Poletti. P O L E T I. Poletti. I said you've been hearing with the Italian accent as our guide on this tour, and I thought I'll just record him. He probably can tell us the most important uh, things involved, so I'll let him take it over. The interior. Everything is new, with the exception of this mosaic, this arch in front of you, the canopy above the altar, and the other mosaic at the back, see? That's what was left standing, see? I mean, something that <coughs> could be restored. But all the rest, where we are now, the camp, was rebuilt from bottom to the top, columns and walls and roofs and windows. See, the windows in this church are very unusual. That's a translucent stone called alabaster. They're not painted, huh? Mm. There's no stained glass window. Huh? That's small. Uh, and you might have guessed who all those people are. See all those portraits? All the folks. In fact, you can see the one uh, most of you saw this morning. The present pope is there. See? You can tell which is which because after him, you see the empty medallion. See? On the top to come. <laughs> see? There you can see the, the empty ones there, the corner. 264, huh? 264. Yeah, 264. Who ain't the longest? The longest, uh, Pius the Ninth. They must be around there. Pius the Ninth, the one who rebuilt the church, by the way. See? His coat of arms is there. He was pope uh, in 1850, 1860. Huh? And he was pope for nearly 32 years. So that was that's the pope uh, who had the longest pontificate. Now this, we go there. What date is that? Good answer. would think that this painting in front of you is a painting, huh? Instead, it's a mosaic. Right? 
made up of little uh, cubes of glass. Right? In the one there you can tell it's a mosaic. Because that's a stone like mosaic. That, that's a glass mosaic. Huh? Oh. But it's mosaic just the same. Huh? You come closer, maybe you can find out for yourself. something very interesting. The main altar in any church is not the altar in the back of the church, but in the middle of the church. USO. Uh, a couple of words about this cloister, the most beautiful in Rome. It's what we call Moorish. See, Moorish. And when I say Moorish, again, I mean the 13th century. Hmm? You can see again a few remains of your church that burned down. Huh? And in this cloister, in this monastery, the Benedictine monks live. Huh? And the Benedictines are the oldest order. And they're also famous because they manufacture a well-known liquor called Benedictine. Huh? And in case you want a bottle of this, you can get it there. See? It's on sale there. Huh? It's a liqueur, it's something sweet. Very strong, you know, very alcoholic. Very good for the gentleman, see? That's what it's manufactured, you know? I mean, that's the purpose, huh? <laughs> yeah, also the roof is new. It looks old, but it's new. Now, remember, I want to give you here about 15 minutes. So I'll be back by 3.20. Remember, the way out is there, see? And you only have to walk a few steps to the right, and you find all the buttons. Is it all the buttons? Because there are many buttons. You have to find the right one, huh? I don't know. I, I, don't know. Ah, uh, I know it's pink, but it is not the only pink one. Yeah. I don't know myself where the driver could park. See? Just look around, huh? So, now you can walk around, and if you want to drink, uh, if you have troubles with suggestion, uh, there you can solve your problems, huh? <laughs> I mean, from here, from here, we're not far from, from the sea. This was the highway near right. <coughs> this goes to the, to the seaside, huh? The Columbus Road. Fully this and that, the Now we're getting out the catacombs. The catacombs are underground. 
good means about a funny few steps to walk down. Mm. And uh, it is so intricate down there that it's very easy to get lost. That's why a priest will be in charge of your group. Because you follow him all the time. Go down, we have beautiful gardens just outside the end where you can sit down and relax. Huh? But don't stay in the bus. A beautiful garden near the castle. Quite a bit different. Yeah. Tabor started around 150 AD and then used the cemeteries up to the pubs. The whole room we are in is called the family groups. All together we got 184 of them. And these are the graves, the one I'm showing with my torch. In a rectangle in each, the remains of one skeleton were usually found, whereas in an arch two up to eight people were buried. The main grave was at the base of an arch, usually for the parents or those who died first of the family, and in those who lacked from each of the other members of the family abode. No coffins were used in most of the niches. The dead were tightly wrapped into a shroud of linen like a mummy, but they were not embalmed. And then lying on their backs, they were placed into those niches, and the broken pieces of tombstones we see occasionally, marble, alabaster, or clay, once covered the graves. In the third, I'm shown with my torch, Four Greek letters can be seen, T, Rho, and Alpha, and Omega. The meaning for the Christians is Christ is beginning and end. It must have been the grave of a child, it's written there, who lived nine years, ten months, then was buried on 4th of November on a Thursday. The name is missing, it broke off. Whenever we see brickwork, it's restoration work. Of the 11 miles of tunnels we have, two miles had to be restored. In the next passage, we are going to see a few sealed tombs, and in two of the arches, we shall see the oil lamps they use to light the pedestal. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the main grave in an arch was always at its base for the parents. And up here, an additional tomb for one of the children. Of course, in those days, all tombs were sealed, but they found them opened up a hundred years ago when this place was found. There's a sealed grave at the bottom over there, the one I'm showing with my torch. It's sealed with clay tiles. Richer people use marble alabaster. Here's another sealed grave just around the corner. Here you can see the sign of the fish, which is a symbol of Christ. It's based on the Greek word ictus, which means fish in Greek, but at the same time also gives the initials of Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. The anchor is a symbol of hope and salvation. Alpha and Omega surmounted by a cross, in the cross is the beginning and the end. Two unleavened bread, two fishes, to remind the Christians of the multiplying of bread and fishes. Understood, it's not the entire tombstone, it's just a broken piece of a tombstone that's left. But in those days, it covered one of the graves. At the end of the next passage, we come into a tiny room where we can see a fresco. It will be to our left of <coughs> the arch. In the background of the arch, we can see St. Peter and Paul. Then up in the arch, in the center, Jesus Christ can be seen as master, instructing his twelve apostles. Then a key row can be seen, which is like the fish, a symbol of Christ, and two doves, which are symbols of love and peace. It's about 30 yards away from here, and it will be to our land. Jesus Christ as master and his twelve apostles.
100,000 people buried. Well, many catacombs. And uh, according to the Roman law, all cemeteries had to be located outside the city walls. I think that's why they were. And that applied uh, for everybody. Not only for the Christians. See, from those catacombs, you find them here. Well, I think you think when you will be on the most ancient Roman road, yeah, yeah. the Appian Way. Yeah. That was the road from Rome to Palestine, so the most important road, as you can understand. The Appian Way. And on the Appian Way, St. Peter, according to a well-known tradition, at the vision of Christ. And on that part, a small church was built called, in Latin, Quo Vadis Church. Quo Vadis means where are the points. Where are you going? When Peter saw Christ, he said, where are you going? So that's the chapel, small church, on your right, it's a very small church, See, on your right now. You can read that, Quo Vadis, see? Now. And that's the famous Appian Way. Going in the opposite direction, you go south to Naples and on to Brindisi, Greece, Palestine. This was the main road connecting Rome to the Near East. There were hundreds of monuments, and those monuments were tombs. All the great families of Rome had their tombs on the Appian Way. In a second, we'll be back at the city wall. That's the gate, the Appian Gate. One of the main gates of the city wall, which we'll be driving along for a few minutes. The city wall is 12 miles long and goes all around the city was built in the third century after Christ. Whereas the Appian Way was built uh, about three centuries before Christ. So there's a big difference huh, between the two things, the Appian Way and, and the wall. And when the wall was built, the Roman Empire was already going down. I mean that at the height of the Roman Empire, say at the time of Christ, Rome had no city wall. For the very simple reason that 
There were no enemies, no danger. But when the world was built, it was a bad sign. It meant that, well, something was happening. Christians very often built their churches 
with material taken from pagan temples. There you have the best example. Four bronze columns in front of you. Those were columns of pagan temples. So they, they might be older than the church itself, so older than the fourth century AD. You might know that most popes are buried in St. Petersburg, but not all. Quite a few wanted to be buried in this church, that one, Innocent III. And although his monument is new, because of the date there, he lived at the time of St. Francis of Assisi. Many centuries ago. The monument is new. Roman churches, you notice this uh, well in mom. Especially if you come closer to the road, to look uh, into that section. Very back. For example, that mosaic was made in the 13th century. Whereas the organ there is comparatively new, the end of the last century. Is this where the Pope right? celebrates the first Mass or was it the other church? Well, you mean when he's uh, elected Pope? Yes. Well, it is so. As a Pope, he celebrates his first Mass in St. Peter's. But as Bishop of Rome in this church, that means that when a new Pope is elected, few days or a few weeks after his election, he must come here and take office in his church. Oh, right? yeah, so here he celebrates his first mass as bishop. You understand? Of that? Of the, yeah, no, no, bishop of Rome. Where did they ordain the new priest? Ah, the church. Anywhere. Many Just churches. Any. Yeah, only okay. the Pope is elected in the 16th chapel. Right? The election of the what are these statues along the side? Yeah. The twelve statues are the twelve, twelve. apostles. You can, you can again see St. Peter there, see, with the keys. And in front, on this side, see, opposite to him, St. Paul with the sword. Huh? Uh, no, that's a gilded wood. See? In fact, if you have good eyes, you can see the wood. See? It's a wood roof. this church was built, there lived in this area a family whose name was Laterani. See? So Lateran so is no Christian That means the area. The area, yes. In the Lateran area. Just like Vatican. Vatican is the name of the hill behind the Peters. So it has nothing to do with religion. See? Facade. Not too old. This was uh, rebuilt, I mean, the facade, 200 years ago. Huh? So it is comparatively not too old. Uh, now, please, uh, 
pay attention. And now we walk to the small church there. And in that church, there is a stairway where people go up on their knees. And as the place is very narrow, I'd better tell you about the stairs now. According to tradition, the stairway, which you're going to see there, originally was in Jerusalem. And more exactly, in the palace of Pontius Pilate. And in that palace, as you remember, Jesus Christ was tried. And later, when the Christians were free, uh, in the fourth century AD, they brought the stairway to Rome to be preserved. Huh? That's the story. Huh? The church is very modest, art artistically speaking, huh? but it's famous because of this stairway. Huh? And uh, as they drive uh, a bit wild in Rome, huh? let's cross all together. Huh? Uh -huh. She was a woman aqueduct. The, the water pipe was on top. Here, water, right? On your right now. 